0: You know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of life, to starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is The Andy Storch Show. Let's go. Christy, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, really cool to have you on. I um, I think we met very briefly at uh, Justin Shank's conference, the Growth Now Movement Live uh, Summit in Reading, Pennsylvania a couple months ago. And um, I've been following your work and your posts ever since then and just been intrigued and entertained by all the interesting stuff you're doing. I thought it'd be great to get you on to do an interview.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: And, and I also wanted, as I was thinking about this, um, point out to people I go to a lot of conferences and I love connecting with interesting people. That's, that's the main reason. And uh, you know, people may, a lot of people might be listening thinking, well, I've been thinking about going to some conferences. I don't know if it's worth investing the money. Why would I do that? And I have my reasons, uh, but I want to hear from you. Why did you decide, why do you go to conferences? Why did you decide to go to that conference in particular?
1: You know, um, so it's interesting. Um, The biggest focus for me in the work that I do and the way that I live my life is I follow my intuition, right? So my intuition is always guiding me. And so whenever I feel intuitively called to attend an event or really do anything in life, I, I do it. I, and I'm at the point with my intuition where I just at this point, listen. And so when I saw the conference cool. that I met you at, I just, I, I saw that posted and I felt really compelled to go. Um, because what I have learned is when I follow that, yeah, amazing things happen, you know, all kinds yeah. of opportunities open up. And so I meet people like you where we connect and I'm on your podcast and, yeah. and it leads to different things. And it's just really incredible. It, it's, it's all part of listening to that.
0: Right. Yeah, I agree with you, and <clears throat> I hadn't really thought about it that way. But I have been doing that a lot more myself. You know, mm-hmm. tagline for this podcast I say a lot is "is starve your fears and follow your dreams." I don't think as, as much about following my intuition, but um, the way I ended up there was I was at another podcast podcast conference where I met Justin, and then I interviewed him for this show, and he was talking about that conference. And when we got done, I just said, "I'm going to come to your conference," and I bought a ticket right away. And I didn't know anything else about it, but Justin seemed like a great guy. And I knew it was going to be good. And that I would meet more great people there. And it was true.
1: Absolutely. And funny story. So I, I do a lot of work with signs and synchronicities, right. And mm. I have this big belief that the universe is always showing us the way. And so for me, one of the signs that I have show up for me a lot in my life is the number 222. And Mm. and it shows up as a sign that I'm on the right path, that I'm doing the right thing, right? So I listened to my Mm. intuition, I decided I was going to go to this conference, and had to take route 222 right into where Mm. the hotel was. So that was just really cool. And confirmation from the universe, right, that I was meant to be there. And I've already seen all kinds of Cool connections that I've made from that. I learned so many things. It yeah. has sparked so many things within me simply from listening to that voice.
0: Yes. All right. Well, we both went to the conference, and then I saw a post you did after that about fear, and I followed mm-hmm. my intuition and immediately reached out and sent you a message and said, I want to have you on the podcast. And another thing I want to say about conferences, too, is that I get people reaching out to me all the time wanting to come on this conference, and I say, no. And then I reach out to you because I've met you at a conference, I know you, I trust you. And that's another way to cut through the clutter and build real relationships. If you want to get on podcasts, book people on podcasts or whatever it is, I find that you know, that's the best way to go out and build relationships with people doing awesome things.
1: Oh my gosh, absolutely.
0: So I want to dig into a little bit of your background and what you do. And um, then we're going to talk about this idea of fear because I know it's something that you help people with a lot. Uh, and following their intuition, following their dreams—two um, of my very favorite topics. Um, but let's let's start with you. What what's your background? How did you get to into doing what you're doing today, becoming a soul coach or a soulpreneur?
1: Well, um, I have a background as a licensed mental health counselor, and did that for a very long time. Um, and I'm also a, a, a very intuitive person, and. Um, several years ago started to reconnect more with my my intuition and, um, got to the point where I was actually connecting as a psychic medium and, and worked on developing those skills and all that stuff. So I call myself a soul therapist now, right. And I bring together that background as a mental health counselor, but I'm also a certified life coach, a hypnotherapist, and, um, I, so I bring all of that together to offer an intuitively led life coaching process that I call soul therapy.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of stuff coming together as we were talking about before we recorded. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know a lot of coaches, right? There are a lot of people out there who, who love helping people and are trying to build a, a coaching practice. I don't really know anyone else who is a psychic medium. So how the heck did you get into that?
1: Well, you know, it's it's kind of always been there for me. Um, It it kind of in and out of my life because there were times that I pushed my intuition away. But as a child, I can remember, you know, hearing these guides that I was connecting with and, and they were just a part of my life and would say, don't do this or do this or, you know, were very much a guide for me in my life. And when I realized that the other kids at school weren't talking to these voices and these people that they couldn't see. Right. I really started to push that away and then reconnected again around like 18, 19, um, and was starting to have the experience of connecting with, uh, what I call angels and and my guides and, and all these things. But I also had a lot of scary experiences with, um, what I call earthbound energy, ghost energy. And so really long story short, I, I, I got kind of freaked out and again, shut that down. And then, um, when I was working as a mental health counselor started to reconnect with that again. So all of a sudden I'm sitting in sessions with people and I'm starting to see their auras. <laughs> and it was, kind of like, well, what the heck? What does that what does that mean?
0: does that? I'm sorry to interrupt. What does, so, what does that mean?
1: Yeah. Um, so their aura is their energy fields around them. I always see that okay. as kind of like a bubble around people. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and so they're very beautiful. It's kind of like, if you imagine when you blow a bubble, you know, the way that the, the rainbows and the colors swirl, yeah. it's kind of like that. They're really beautiful actually. Yeah. And, and so it was a, a cool experience, but it was a little bit strange. And then I started to connect more with what I call angels, angelic beings, and started to see those with people. And it got to a point where, I started to feel like I don't think that I can do traditional counseling anymore. You know, I need to be able yeah. to acknowledge the the aura that I'm seeing and how I interpret that and the angels that are, there, that are there. I need to be able to read. I need to be able to talk about the energy that I'm experiencing here with this. And I really wasn't able to do that within that work that I was doing. So that's actually how. Uh, my business clarity came to be is I, I set myself up in a position where I could do the kind of work that I was feeling compelled to do so that I could do coaching with people, but I could honor that intuitive part of me. I could say, Hey, this is what I see in your aura. This is, you know, what you're doing is pretty in alignment with your life purpose, but here's how we tease out the strengths that you have and level you up, help you to get to the next level, help you to be even better. Or, you know, I see this within your aura and this is something, a part of yourself that you're really ignoring. And if you can give some time and some energy to that, I think that you can be really, really successful with it. And how does that align with the goals that you have for yourself? And so that's kind of an example of how I incorporate
0: that. Interesting. Okay. I was gonna ask you how you incorporated that. So you're seeing people's aura and, and things about them that they may not be able to see themselves. You also mm-hmm. mentioned angels. Are you seeing communicating with uh, with dead people basically with the soul or is that something completely different?
1: I, I do sometimes. That's sometimes yeah. a part of it. It's not yeah. um my primary intuitive gift will say once yeah. in a while it does come in and when it comes in it can actually be pretty intrusive right so i'll be trying okay. to have a conversation with somebody and and that will come in and that was another reason why i needed to leave counseling because it was like i'm doing grief counseling with people and yeah. they're talking about their grandmother who had crossed and that pulls that energy in
0: really? and,
1: and and there you know are the messages coming through and i didn't feel like i could honor that so yes Sometimes that does come through during my sessions, um, but it's not necessarily my primary gift. My primary gift is to connect with energy, to connect with the auras, to read those and um, to pass along any messages connected with that.
0: Yeah, okay. I, I I promise we won't go too far down the rabbit hole of this, like connecting with-, with The rabbit
1: hole is my favorite though. It's on the other side, <laughs> but I don't know too <laughs> many people to do
0: this. And I'm I'm very curious about this. Do you think that, you know, you talked about, helping people and and the energy of their of their dead grandparents or parents whoever may be there mm-hmm. do you think that everybody when they die is around us or is it only certain people and then are there only certain people like you who can see or communicate with them
1: you know on some level i think that we all are communicating and connecting but we hmm. don't necessarily recognize that we are yeah. you know there. are um Anytime that you think about a loved one that's cross, their energy will come through for you. Or anytime that they come to mind, sometimes that's actually them trying to come through and let you know that they are around. Hmm. So, yes, I, I believe that we all have our, our cross loved ones with us. I believe that um, based on readings and things that I've done with people that cross loved ones spend a lot of time over on the other side doing a lot of work over there as well. So Hmm. they're not just always like hanging out. And some people ask me like, do they watch me shower? And (laughs) they get all freaked (laughs) out when I tell them they have these these people with them. And um, no, they don't. It's simply energetic. It's simply that they choose to be in our energy field with us to support us or to pass along messages. So we don't have to worry about any of that. That's not how they experience us in our lives.
0: That's so funny and interesting. And I think it's funny too that we're, I know we're going to talk about this topic of fear that people are so, I, I don't know that you're, someone is actually think, worried that the the spirit with them is a voyeur that's like watching them shower. I'm like, don't we have better things to worry about than that? But, you know, I don't know. I guess it's just a question I hadn't thought of. It's so interesting. Um, yep. And then how do you, when you're working with people, you talked about their aura and their energy. Tell me again, how is it, that I might be able to use or harness something like that?
1: So, everyone, not everybody sees auras, right? That's not necessarily um, a gift that everyone has, but everyone feels auras on some level, some people more than others. So I I like to give the example of, have you ever walked into a room after somebody's had an argument? And there might not necessarily be signs that they had an argument, but man, can you feel it, Mm. right? You can feel the tension. You can feel that. That is energy and our auras are are simply our energetic field. And Mm. so we can feel people's energy. Have you ever stood behind someone in the grocery store and wanted to take two steps back because something felt off, something mm. felt negative or off? And, and, and that's just simply us feeling auras. Or have you ever had somebody that you're just absolutely drawn to, you don't logically understand why, but you're just drawn to, you just want to be around them. You just want to stand by them or stand closer to them. And that's also Feeling their energy field and feeling maybe the positive vibes that they're giving off.
0: Right. Interesting. Okay. So, this is a good segue into intuition because you talked about being drawn to or away certain people. Mm -hmm. Um, I think some people feel strongly drawn towards a certain career or business, or they just want to help people. Um, Other people may not have any idea what they want to do, but they know they want to do something more with their life. And I know you help people a lot with intuition and tapping into their intuition, how can we do more of that? You know, How can I do a better job of tapping into my intuition to follow my dreams, not just to go to a conference that I wanna go to, but really fulfill my true potential?
1: Mm -hmm. I think first it starts with an intention, right? I always say that intention is everything. And so when people get confused about intention, what the heck does that mean or how do I set an intention? And it's really as simple as saying, I would like to connect with my intuition more, right? So that's the first step is to just put that out there to the universe. I would like to connect with my intuition more. And then the next step is to start to listen, to start to pay attention. So I always say that our body is our greatest intuitive tool. So to start to listen to the way that the body is responding in certain situations. So for example, if you're trying to decide – um maybe you're looking for a new job and and you have two possibilities and you're trying to decide between the two what's going to be the best one think about both of the positions think about all that's connected with that and then tune into the body what do you notice you know maybe one of the positions you tune into and you notice that it, it feels kind of off in your stomach or there's kind of a fluttery feeling that doesn't really feel good within the stomach or Um, maybe when the other one, maybe you get like a little bit of a feeling of excitement within the heart or something, then I would say you want to listen to that physical response to that, that that's one of the ways that we can tap into the intuition. Hmm. And, you know, you can, people work on this and they, they work on building this. One of the greatest ways I think that we can tap in is to meditate you know or or to do something that allows us to just sit with ourselves and to mm. sit with that intuitive voice and to have that quiet and be in our own energy without other people around us influencing that mm. and meditation is a really great way to do it or you know going for walks by yourself or hikes by yourself or doing something creative alone those kinds of things, those kinds of processes help us to tap into that intuitive part of the mind. And so any of the ideas that come through during those times probably are connected with the intuition, especially if that feels really good, if that feels really right.
0: Yeah. I think what you've you've touched on here is probably one of my Greatest challenges. I mean, people know me as someone who takes a lot of action, following my dreams and or, or going after goals, that sort of thing. But I struggle so much with decisions, uh, as big as you know, life business decisions, on down to um, one of my greatest struggles. And this is bad because I've been a traveling consultant for eight years, but I get I completely freeze up when I'm going to book a flight <laughs> to go somewhere, and I can't decide which time to go and and when to do that. And people talk about following your gut in these types of situations. And I don't know, maybe I feel like, maybe I'm afraid that that gut decision is going to be wrong and I'll make the wrong decision, even though I also realize there really is no wrong decision. What is your take on that? How do you, is it best for people to quote, follow their gut and go with the first thing that comes to mind? Or does it take a lot more reflection like what you were talking about before?
1: So that's actually tricky because it's a little bit different for everybody. There are some people who are designed to follow their immediate gut response and that is always going to be their intuitive response. And then there are some people who are designed to take a little bit more time and feel it out, Mm. right? So you might be a little bit more designed to actually take a little bit of time and feel it out. That might be why it feels a little pressured, Mm. right? To do that because a lot of the people who are in tune with intuition and are uh following that gut response that's how they connect with their intuition oftentimes they're quite successful with that so they learn to release the fear around that a lot of times but for the people who need a little bit more time they have to take that time to feel it out to explore that and to really get a sense of how does this feel for me
0: would you connect that also oh sorry i was just wondering um, you know, for people that might be a, a fan of Tony Robbins or studies like the human needs, there's that the divide between certainty and uncertainty. And I think I skew much more towards uncertainty. I really don't like to commit or lock myself into anything. I value mm-hmm. flexibility. And so I think that contributes to the, I don't, I can't make a decision on this because I want to wait to the last possible moment. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. You know, I, I think that it, maybe you're just somebody who needs that time again to feel that out and and to take that time to do that. And what I would say for you is if you are trying to decide between certain things and you are getting down to sort of that time limit of, oh, mm-hmm. I do need to make a decision here. One of the ways that I recognize that as my intuitive voice versus uh, that ego-based voice, you know, maybe the, the people part of you that, that wants to make that decision is oftentimes intuition feels good. It feels, neutral, you know, whereas, um, ego can feel very fear-based or very pressured.
0: Yeah. Right. I see that. Okay. So I mentioned that, um, you know, one of the things that might be holding me back in this situation is fear of making the wrong decision. And, and we're just Mm -hmm. talking about some small decisions, but really I think what holds people back all the time from following their dreams doing the things that they really want to do that they are dreaming of that they think they might be made for is fear, fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of judgment, um, and many other things. And I know you work with people on that. Uh, What do you see are the biggest fears that hold people back? and, And how do we help people get past those?
1: you know, there's so many different things, you know, um, all of those things that you, you have listed, you know, people are complicated and there's so many different ways that we are holding ourselves back and in so many ways that, that fear is holding us back. And you know, I, I find people really all the time. One of the questions that I ask people is, what do you want to do? You know, where do you want to go? How do you how do you want your life to be? What do you want it to look like? And they can most of the time pretty easily tell me the answer to that question. But when I ask them why they're not there, oftentimes the reason comes down to really fear. Right. You know, um, whether it's they don't believe in themselves, whether it's they. Um, think that they cannot be successful, whether, um, you know, a a lot of it comes down to that, that that lack of belief in themselves or their ability to do that. Yeah.
0: And the fear of failure. So how do you help people get past that? Because I think fear is holding everybody back in some area of their life. Even for me, who studies this a lot and is very committed to pushing past fear. There's always fear holding me back in some area, right? It's very common. How do you help people overcome that?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I I mean, I think that we all are dealing with that, right? On some level in different areas of our life. So it's really about working toward it. And when your intuition says, yes, you feel afraid, but yes, you need to do this anyway. It's really about doing it anyway. You know, uh, the people that I'm working with are pushing through, pushing past the fear and choosing to do it anyway. When that intuition says, it's go time you know when I was working for the counseling agency and um, I find that when when it's time to make a change in your life the universe will make you pretty miserable or pretty uncomfortable to help uh, push that along and so I was working for the counseling agency and getting more and more uncomfortable with that and really wanting to be here doing my soul therapy work and I was only doing this part time and so I got so uncomfortable that finally I decided that intuitively, it was time to push past that fear. And it was time for me to take that leap and come here full time. And I didn't have a plan. I didn't have you know, all this money in my bank account. I didn't have any money in my savings account, quite frankly. And I just decided, you know what, my intuition is saying it's time and it's time. And so I did it anyway. And that's really been how I've operated through all of this is listening to my intuition and doing that. And so that's what I do in the work that I do with people is when the intuition says it's time to go, it's time to make this change. We, we, we push through that.
0: Hmm. So it's almost like a, I don't know, the, the thing that comes to mind to me is like a geyser, you know, the pressure has built up enough that mm-hmm. you know what you really want to do and you're getting sick and tired of the current job or relationship or whatever it is, your, your body, whatever it is that you really want to make a change with that you've got to start making a change. Now I think people have gotten in that situation and they still think, well, what if I try and I fail? What if I look stupid? What if, you know, people around me think that I'm making the wrong decision, then how do I still go forward with this?
1: So a big part of the work that I do is trust and faith,
0: Mm. right?
1: And, and allowing that because, I really operate from the framework of if your intuitive voice is saying that this is right for you and you take this leap of faith, there are forces beyond us that are going to support you through that. And the problem is sometimes that it takes a little while, right? So I said that I took that leap of faith. I said that I came full time and quite frankly, um, and, and this is a really cool story about, about trust and faith actually. So, I, you know, my schedule didn't pick up immediately my schedule wasn't paying my bills immediately. And that was really, really scary. And I was saying to God, listen, I need you to show me that I'm supposed to stay here because I'm about to go get another job. And I actually set a, um, uh, you know, I gave God a deadline, which I don't know if you're supposed to do, but I said, you listen, gave God by a the- <laughs> deadline." <laughs> I said, by the end of this day, you know, if, You know, I'm two months behind on my house payment. I've got Mm. to do something. If something doesn't happen financially that is going to show me that I am supported, I'm going to go tomorrow and I'm going to look for another job. And I can remember that day, there was all these signs that were just showing me that I was supported. I was seeing, you know, bumper stickers that say miracles happen and all of this Mm. stuff. But I thought, okay, cool, but show me the money. Right. (laughs) And, and then You know, we got through most of the day and I had um, my seven o'clock client, it was in session with my seven o'clock client for that day and thinking, wow, okay, so nothing has shown up for me, nothing has happened. And at the very end of the session, she said to me, hey, listen, I really want to hold myself accountable. I really want to push myself. I really am interested in doing some real work with you. And so one of the things that will help me is if I pay you for many, many sessions in advance. And so this is how much I would like to pay you. And this is what I would like to do. And what was really magical and what was really amazing is it was exactly the amount of money that I needed to pay those two back house payments. Wow.
0: Interesting. Yes. Okay.
1: So my point of that is is that we really need to trust. You know, if our intuition is Hmm. saying this is what you're meant to be doing, we need to trust that it's gonna be okay one way or the other. You know, whether it leads to a different solution or a different plan or we have to change course and we have to flow with that then we have to do that. But we also have to trust in our higher power that we're going to be taken care of, that, you yeah. know? And, and that's the biggest thing is taking leaps of faith require a lot of faith sometimes.
0: Yeah, when you're taking a big chance, you're leaving your job or you're, 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 cha- you're making some big changes with whatever you're doing in your life, uh, you obviously want to do your homework, try to do as best you can to set yourself up for success. I'm sure you're out there hustling talking to people, trying to find clients. But at the end of the day, sometimes we've just got to trust that things are going to work out and take a chance and realize that, uh, you know, the worst thing that can happen is probably not as bad as we think. We can always go get another job. We can always, uh, you know, pick things back up. Uh, but it's worth taking that shot. And that's what I always go back to when I'm taking a big chance, um, like the conference I'm organizing later this year mm-hmm. or some other things I'm doing. I always just think, yeah, there, I am afraid that this might not go well. But I'm more afraid that I will, you know, get to the end of my life or even 10 years later and have regrets that I didn't take the chance, that I, that I had an idea and I didn't go after it. And so that's the fear that I always go back to and say it's worse to not do the thing that I want to do. And so I'm going to take a chance and, and see what happens. And, and you know, not everything works out exactly the way I planned it, but things always work out, right?
1: hmm They work out the way that they're meant to. And then the other thing that I love to do with people to work around fear, and this is the post actually that you saw, mm. um, is I like to help people to, uh, when it's not a big leap of faith, to slowly work at, I always call it slaying your fear dragons, right? To slowly mm. work toward getting yourself more comfortable with those things that scare you. So the, the example that I gave in the post was You know, I can remember going into pre-K and um, being in that class and being absolutely terrified to speak, you know, Mm. to the point that I didn't speak for an entire month. And I was kind of aware even that young, even at what, four or five years old, that this was a fear that I was going to need to get a hold over. And so I started through my life doing little things to try to challenge that because I was always very afraid to speak up, to speak in front of people, to express my voice. And so I can remember, you know, running for a native American princess of the second grade. And then I forced myself to run for student council and have to give a speech when I was in seventh grade. And I was so scared, like sick to my stomach, scared. And mm-hmm. as I got older, choosing college courses that would force me to speak mm. and, um, volunteering for my boss to go give presentations at yeah. conferences and things like that. Even though for two weeks leading up to it, I would feel sick to my stomach and <laughs> nervous. And yeah. I would drive my friends and family crazy. Cause I was like, I got to give this talk. And, and, and then I started to work toward doing, um, recordings and and videos. And I was absolutely terrified, but I did it anyway. And I've just worked on it and worked on it and worked on it because what I decided was that this fear was not going to be in charge of me. I was going to be in charge of it.
0: I love it. And it goes to the model. What I talk about starving your fears, because it starts with taking action, taking action doing it starving that fear don't letting it fester and grow and it's going to be scary at first and the second time and the third time but mm-hmm. as you continue to grow and build that experience then you have more perceived control over the situation you build confidence and after a while it's not scary anymore same thing for me you know i i, I you do a lot of live videos i do a few every now and then i post videos on social media pretty regularly and I don't even, I used to be so scared and now I don't give it a second thought. I just put it up there and don't even worry about what anybody thinks because of the experience we've built. Um, Chris, we've got to start wrapping things up here. Um, One more piece of advice for anyone out there who is sitting there thinking, uh, my life is pretty good, but I know that I'm meant for more. There's more I want to do. I really want to take some more action and follow my dreams. Uh, What's one more piece of advice you would give to them?
1: I would begin to explore and ask the universe, God, your higher power. How? Show me the way. You know, show me how I can do this. Show me what what's going to be the next step for me, and and then just start to pay attention. Start to notice what thoughts come to mind. You know, um, notice the conversations that show up in your life. Notice the people that show up in your life. Notice the opportunities that show up in your life. Notice the signs and synchronicities that show up in your life, because it's really about starting to listen to that intuitive voice. And that intuitive voice can come from within, but I also notice that it comes from outside of us as well. So we will have what I call our guides and our angels showing us the way, you know, and they will put people on our path, signs and synchronicities on our path, experiences on our path that are meant to guide us and show us how we can live our best life path.
0: I love it, and then start taking some action, uh, and yes. ask ask for help Absolutely. if you need it. Right? You can, we don't all do it, we can't all do it to, uh, alone. And speaking of that, for anybody who wants to get in touch with you, follow you, maybe ask you for some help. Uh, where's the best place for them to go that uh, go to do that, Christy?
1: They can find me on Facebook and Instagram under at Christy Clarity.
0: Awesome. And we'll put links to that in the show notes. Christy, thank you so much for taking the time to come on here and share some of your wonderful, interesting experience, as well as your advice on following your intuition and getting past fear and following your dreams. Uh, It's been great for me and I know it's been helpful for our listeners as well. So thanks again for coming on the podcast.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much.
0: All right. Take care.